0: Heights podcast.
1: Hey, you found us. It's Hawthorne Heights, and we're back with a new podcast. This one's called Hawthorne Heights Get Emotional. Um, on each of these episodes, we're going to pick a topic, we're going to rant and ramble on about it, and hopefully we uh, can come up with something really good and interesting for you to listen to in these very strange times. Don't forget to check our web store often we've got some ads in here we're going to do some skits and stuff like that really cool stuff uh we also had a live audience we're going to be doing that every time we do one of these make sure to check hawthornheightstore.com for tickets to the live taping basically how it's going to work we're going to do a taping a week later we release the podcast to the public you never know you might be on it um And you can tell your friends that you're now famous and you're in the directory of podcasts. You never know. So, hope you enjoyed today's episode. This one, we are talking about nostalgia. June 17th,
0: 2005. Every single time I smell diesel fuel, it reminds me of a generator more specifically a tour bus generator and how they hum almost like a dull roar for hours on end. When the blacktop finally stops moving beneath you it creates this wonderful heat that feels like summer and every time I get the first intoxicating sweet sniff I get pulled back to that day. All the buses lined up perfectly side by side front to back the colors and logos in 10 perfect single file lines. I remember the feeling of uncertainty and thinking, do we really belong here? Do we really deserve this? Does this make it official? Are we now a part of the club? Driving down Interstate 70, pulling into the parking lot with my eyes open wide. I used to be a punk, but I grew my hair out and I kept the attitude. But I've mellowed out a little bit. I got my first pair of free checkerboard slip-ons that day. And as a 27-year-old man, I rekindled my youth in the summer of 2005 with the other punks. We saw a sea of people with unbridled energy singing along to every word in every single city. Words that I wrote. And music my friends wrote together in a small basement in southern Ohio what we experienced might have been the closest thing to heaven that any of us will ever get to see but the underrated less talked about part of those summers is what happens in between and behind them that's where the punks all go and they unite before and after their set to talk and drink and smile the sweet aroma of the generator burning diesel fuel while we all talked about the heat, the music, and the love we had for each other. It's now 2020, and Warped Tour has ended for good. Feels like my youth has ended as well. I don't feel young mentally or physically anymore. The summers don't quite feel the same. Feels like there's no place left to go. Maybe it's time for my second act. But I know that when I pull into a truck stop, on a different type of road trip, there will always be the sweet smell of diesel rising up through the air. And if I get close enough to the semi-trucks parked out back, where the drivers have probably dozed off after a long haul, if I stand in between the trucks for a moment or two, I know that I can get back to one of the best summers of my life. And with one powerful sniff, there I am. June seventeenth, 2005, and that is The Power of Nostalgia.
1: Uh, Let's start with what everybody's been doing in general.
2: Let's start with you.
1: Me? Yeah. Yeah. What have you been doing? I've been, oh man. Not I just canceled cable, so I'm not doing that. Um,
0: I can't believe you were doing that.
1: Well, it was forty dollars a month, so I was like, I bought it right when we moved because I was like, oh, it's cheap. And then, uh, and then eventually, I was like, I'm gonna see how this goes without it. Um, but it was just one of those uh, cancel anytime YouTube TV. It wasn't YouTube TV, but it was AT and T, who I hate giving money to. Um, so I've just been around, I've been writing a bunch of music. Uh, helping my wife with her work, just doing around, figuring out podcasts, editing video and audio, learn actually learning how to do that. That's about it. <laughs> That's my day. Next, okay. Mark, what you Mark. been doing, dude? Mark. I've
3: been ha- I've been hanging out. I've been uh, I worked on some music that we're using for part of the podcast theme song, which you guys will hear when we uh, uh, when this goes streamed online. We actually recorded some vocals for that today as well. JT and Matt recorded some vocals on the music. Sounds good. So I've been doing that. Uh, We just finished up uh, the second Hawthorne Heights uh, Silence and Black and White Homeschool, so that was fun. Uh, We've been up at uh, the print shop doing lots of Hawthorne stuff and getting everybody's orders out, so shipping shirts. And that's been cool. We're kind of getting caught up on all that. And uh, I don't know, just kind of hanging out, enjoying the weather. Uh, Worked on a little music for myself for Story Changes stuff this weekend. It was fun for a couple hours. So just kicking it, man.
1: Oh yeah, I appreciate that plug. Uh, Yeah, that's gonna cost you. Poppy just made a dollar. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Poppy, what have you been doing? Man, you know what time it it is?
2: Farm to table time, baby. (laughs) Oh yeah, growing. Got a garden. The garden is thriving. The vegetables are in the ground. I pulled some cilantro out today for my avocado toast. Nice. Uh, yeah, so I've been gardening, uh, getting
1: the sunburn every day. You know, I'm sunburned right now. Sick. We got a we got a little garden going in the back, and I don't. There's like two peppers, but everything is just beyond tall, like insanely All? tall. But no, nothing. <laughs> I can't see anything. We just we just put it up like two weeks ago, though. Three weeks. The, uh, something like
2: this. my my first tomato I put in the ground. Has is three times as big as when I bought it. It's it's so it's growing so fast.
1: Oh, it's insane! It's, it's great.
2: Uh, yeah, that and you know, doing doing that screen printing stuff. Yeah, that's been my life. Uh, maybe a little bit of motorcycle riding. Nice. You know? Good luck. Don't sneeze.
1: Don't sneeze. Don't sneeze when you're riding motorcycles. Yeah, don't you? Wouldn't you wreck? I mean, the way I sneeze, I would wreck instantly. No, okay.
2: I don't, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. Have you ever sneezed
1: while you're (laughs) running? That's why I wouldn't buy a motorcycle. I was, I like closed my eyes. I'm like, ah, ah, like that. I would just,
2: shoot That, well, now I'm scared. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Sometimes you got to think about these things. Oh my goodness.
1: Yeah. Uh, Can you imagine like don't eat pepper or something peppery and then go for a motorcycle ride. It's a horrible idea.
2: (laughs) What about you, JT? What you been doing?
0: man you know i'm always doing dumb shit um i'd like to tell this story about what i what i was doing two days ago when i was fishing uh that's what i like to do in my summers and i never get to anytime we get like warp tour or some big tour it just means that i can't really fish um and it's just it's that's something that reminds me of nostalgia as well I've i've always fished growing up in west virginia but Man, this is, this, well, the story that I'm going to tell is real. I like to go fishing in the summertime. Um, I'm fortunate because my daughter also likes to go, and it's something that she and I do together. And, you know, she's not afraid to do the hard stuff, like uh, baiting your own hook with worms and fish, and not afraid to, like, touch, catch the fish in her hands and then take the hook out of the mouth and stuff like that. And... Uh, so we're fishing down by the levee in Troy, and that's a big waterfall, like a dam sort of thing. Um, and we walk down there, and we look at the edge, because it's, it's on a total slant. It's a concrete slab that's on a slant, and there, the water goes up to a certain level, so that's where the algae forms, right? So there's algae on the uh, concrete slab. So I tell Avery, don't touch below the water with your feet. Don't step below the water because it's going to be very slippery right there because the algae is on it. And I'm talking, we're at like a 40, we're standing on a piece of concrete that's at a 45 degree angle. All right, so it's already difficult. So she goes to put a fish back and I see her foot touch right there. And I'm like, get your foot back get your foot back i'm thinking that in my head and within a matter of one second she falls in and this is it's a dangerous area though it's a waterfall so the current is like really fast it's a dam
1: with an undercurrent right
0: exactly that's what it so i'm trying to calm her down because she's in the she's in the water holding on to stone with her fishing pole in one hand and then her hand, and she's clearly like a deer in the headlights, freaked out. And I'm like, Cal- "Calm down, you're not going anywhere. Uh, I will, I have you. I will grab a hold of you." So she she calms down, she calms down, and then all right, I'm gonna get you now. I reach out my hand. She was not calm, and <laughs> she basically pulls me in like in a sitcom, like woo. And so I literally, I'm not joking, I fall in basically on top of her. So now we're both in the water, in the current, dangling from fucking rocks. And the second that I look up and I go, my phones, our phones are in my pocket right now. Oh no. So Avery's got a hold of me and a rock. She's fine. I pull both fishing poles out of our hands and throw them as far as I can get them up on this 45 degree incline, pull the phones out of my pocket, and I'm trying to like sit them so they don't start sliding back on top of us, right? Because we're at an incline the entire time. And so I get them to stay. And this is comical. I'm not afraid right now or anything. I'm just trying to like pragmatically get this done. So the phones are fine now. Cause if they're soaked, they're fucked anyway, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I I can't do any better for them. But they're they're not in the water anymore. So I grab a hold of Avery, I put her in front of me, and I'm trying to push her up. And she slides back down every time and then knocks me off the rock every
3: time. Oh my god.
0: Sitting there. And I eventually am able to get her up and I'm like take your shoes off so you don't slip and then just walk back up, carry this stuff. So get it out of here so I can get up. Cause now I have, I don't have anybody pushing me up off the rock. Right. So thing there with my little fingers trying to like grab a hold of flat concrete. And eventually I do get up. And uh, once the adrenaline stops, when we're up, up to safety, I look down and my knees are just skinned as if like you just started playing T-ball and somebody taught you had to like slide into first or sorry, second or third. Yeah. And man, that's the first thing that I thought of is the first time I skinned my knees skateboarding. <clears throat> like, that's all I can think about in the summer. And it fucking sucks and it hurts. And I feel like a, I feel like a 12 year old kid right now that wants to go cry to his mom because my (laughs) knee hurts. It hurts that bad, right? Still right now. But it was, there was a moment of sheer panic. Like I haven't felt like that in a long time. Sheer panic. Like I'm going to have to dive in right here because my daughter is getting ready to get sucked into the undertow all because she gently touched a like her foot on the algae and slid in.
1: (laughs) She's lucky. I mean, you're lucky. I don't know the exact situation, but you're lucky. The foot didn't slip and just head rock.
0: Like, yeah. Yeah. But it was crazy. Like it 100% a real life situation. I haven't had that sort of panic in a long time where it's like, you know, you got to like, what are you going to do? I felt like it was one of those GI Joe after school, like fucking segments. You know, like don't stand on the, don't stand on the ice. It's going to break, you know, that sort of thing. But yeah, man, it it was wild. I apologize for the bad internet because it's a great story.
1: I have three questions. I have three questions for you. Yes. One, how are the cell phones?
0: The cell mine is totally fine. Mine's an iPhone, uh, 10 X. Um, and like those are submergible. And you know, I, It was probably in the water for two minutes and, you know, not 20 meters down, like just in my pocket. I was up to my chest. Um, Avery's home button is not working right now. Um, So I had to do that little thing where you pop the dot up on the the home screen. But her phone's a 2007 that used to be Nikki's or not a 2007, an iPhone seven. And we gave (laughs) her Nikki's. So we've owned that phone since the seven came out. Right. She's due for anyway, but I had them in my pocket. She just happened to pull me in. I'd be more mad at her if she accidentally dropped her phone in the water or something like that. Cause that's irresponsible. This wasn't irresponsible.
1: She was I think, just- I think what you should do is as a safety precaution, and I just want to see her reaction is you guys have to both wear inner tubes around your waist when you go down there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, t-
0: I'm floaties water yeah. wings put them oh, yeah. right
1: here put them on there and just <laughs> yeah.
0: you got the watering but the, the thing that sucked and I was trying to not be like mean or anything because you know you could tell that it was like it was just an accident accidents happen and then we went through like moments of panic but uh and we were having such a good time and you know she'll probably remember that forever because of that because of how ridiculous it was but uh, we caught fifty-two fish, and she she yes. caught more than me.
1: Do you uh, do you throw them back?
0: Yeah, we throw them all back.
1: I was gonna yep. say because it's also rather than ruining a phone, I'd like to tell you about restaurants a little cheaper than phones.
0: That's true. Poppy said he wouldn't be in a band with me if I kept the fish, so I gotta throw them back every time. Well, well are you
1: back. like are you like yeah, just getting like little guys like this?
0: Uh, no, we caught some big ones. We and caught was- some.
1: Just going to make one. just catching fish sticks. <laughs> <laughs>
0: just, just the biggest so one is 15 inches. The smallest one is, you know, like bluegill and stuff oh, like yeah. that. Cool. But it was a good-ass time. So that reminds me of summer. That's one of my nostalgic moments um, that, you know, that's just something that I've been doing forever. And it's really fun to be able to take my daughter fishing right now. And, like, those are one of those things that, when you tour nonstop and have for the past 16 years, the summers are really what are a bummer when you're touring because that's when all the fun fun shows are. You know, it's always great when you get Warped Tour, you get, we got Project Revolution, you know, all these big summer festivals and tours, but like, it really, it does suck the the fun part of your regular life out of it because you can't do anything, you know, like it ruins vacations, it ruins uh, fishing and playing sports and like everybody,
1: everybody else's vacation is our best time to work because they're on vacation. So yeah, yeah, exactly. So kind of works like that. It's a bummer. Well, uh, I want to go around the, around the horn with you guys. What, when I, when somebody says the word nostalgia, what's the first thing, the very first thing that pops in your head? Uh, Mark, you're first.
3: For me, the 90s just because no,
1: that is not specific enough
3: what pops in my head
1: yep. nin- I mean if you say 90s I can say okay uh, NWA or slap bracelets
3: <laughs> all <of> the above <laughs> um, for me just a lot of music from the 90s because that was a time in my life when I was just always out just skateboarding with my friends and music it really kind of hit me you know yeah, And right. so like that's the most nostalgic stuff for me it was that That era of music, like late '90s alternative and stuff,
1: yeah, Nirvana,
3: Pearl Jam, etc.
1: Are
2: you asking me like what's how I would like
1: define nostalgia, or no, just what what like the first thing that comes in your mind if somebody says nostalgia, you're nostalgic for, and then just something pops in your head.
2: Summer would be an all-encompassing thing. Everything that like I'm nostalgic about is pretty much all summer activities, just warmth. So the summer. You know if you don't if you live in florida which we don't kind of have it all year round but for us it's actually summertime um yeah that's J- jt the best
0: me i would say fresh cut grass when i'm like you know if, if i'm taking a walk and i smell somebody mowing their yard or if i'm mowing my yard it takes me directly back to one summer when we moved From Georgia, when my parents got divorced, um, we moved in with my grandparents. And I was kind of a, I don't know, like uh, really undisciplined. I was a punk. I I didn't have a dad to kind of show me how to be a man and teach me to mow the yard and stuff like that. So one of the first things that my grandfather did was said, hey, you're going to mow the yard here. And I will give you whatever it was, $10 a week every time you mow the yard. And you can go buy whatever CD that you want with that, with that $10. So every time I smell the first like cut of the season, it reminds me of that. And it reminds me of music. And it reminds me of why this is all important. But it also reminds me of, of how I would work so hard for that $10 so I could go buy like the new Green Day or Weezer or Pumpkins, something like that. Um, And I think that's why I have a bigger connection than just throwing away music and like sucking it in so fast is because I remember getting that $10 that I had to work for. And it really instilled a lot of hard work because before that I was just like literally HBO was my babysitter when I was first growing up. You know, like I would sit there all summer long instead of like going out and playing with my friends, uh, I would sit there and just watch whatever movies were on that summer. That was my idea of like hanging out until I started meeting people in West Virginia, and then you know, I learned how to work because of that.
1: By the way, Crystal in the chat says she get she got twenty dollars to mow the lawn. I always got ten. Mm-hmm. It sucked. Biggest. Yeah,
0: way out that's out. a small <laughs> buck, by the way.
2: Oh the worst what about you Matt what's uh what's the thing that pops into your
1: head uh, when I when the word is said to me I literally think of video games that's all that's all I think of <laughs> like I just think of getting a Super Nintendo for Christmas and having that and that's it like that when the the word the word nostalgia and video games is almost the same word to me for some reason I don't know it's, all <laughs> yep. it's and uh, because that is the
2: gamer
0: Yep. And because uh you rarely got policed in the summer, you know what i mean like in in the when you were when you weren't at school or when you were at school, you could play for like whatever an hour a night or something like that, because you either had homework or sports or something that like kind of took your focus away, or maybe you had strict parents in the summer you can't yell at me for playing video games because I don't have to go to school or work or anything like that.
1: I was also an only child. What else am I supposed to do? Just like throw stuff at the wall and let it come back to me. (laughs) Like if video games is it, I can't imagine how excited I would have been my whole life if I had online video games. I would have been insane.
4: Yeah.
0: Yeah,
1: for sure. I mean, it was just, it was my babysitter is what I did on weekends. It was, that's it um i do want to bring in kevin i'm bringing you in turn your video on or not you don't have to kevin you mentioned pogs and then Bia in the chat goes pogs question mark (laughs) kevin you're coming in and you're pogging all right you good can you hear me
5: Uh, yeah yep. can you hear me
1: yep what's up did you you said pogs i love your i love your uh i think it was because mark said 90s -hmm. did you how many pogs do you think you had uh, like I
5: had, I had to have had like 50 or 60 at least.
1: <laughs> Did you ever have one of those books that you could put pogs in? Do you know what I'm talking uh, about?
5: No, I was the, uh, the poor person who got the uh, baseball card book and put them all. in. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's essentially the same, but you were buying pog branded <laughs> sleeves and it would just be like a little circle and you just put a pog in mm. there. But little problem, when you went to play, you had to individually pull each one out and it sucked.
2: Okay, so somebody, was,
1: out, somebody
5: asked,
2: and I don't know, yeah. what was the purpose of it?
5: That's what I said. It's uh, the one game everyone knew, collected them all. No one knew how to play.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to my knowledge, To my knowledge, you put the pogs in a stack, and then you have a slammer, which is basically break your own shit. A slightly it's bigger
5: rubber polish.
1: <laughs> yeah, and you just slam it in there with two fingers like this, you just slam it on there. And then whatever flips over, it becomes your pog, right? Mm. That's and yeah. then whatever and then that's how you kind of stole pogs from your friends. And then they'd be like, Oh, I want this one. Well, let's play. And then you put it in there. And if you flip it over, and that's the one I wanted, it's kind of a waste because nobody cared. <laughs> we
0: we gotta be honest, man. That that was some whack marketing. <laughs> for it, for it. Like there is there is no way. They were probably like What is the cheapest thing in the world? How about a disc of plastic that we already have for this? Yeah, that's great. If we put something on them, we can get kids to want to collect them. But is it a game? Well, we'll make something up, but nobody wants to play the game. We know that people just like to collect
5: things.
1: I like the idea of somebody sitting in a boardroom and going, cardboard circles. I know. (laughs) I've got a good feeling about this.
5: Well, that was was during the time when – Pokemon have become huge, so like hey, we need to get something for people to collect.
1: Mm-hmm. Cardboard. Oh yeah, cardboard. What's really? But I had a I had a Pog maker as a kid. Well, uh, I didn't know that was a thing. Get, you would get the branded Pog, like that fluorescent green branded bottom. The top uh, was just a sticker, and then you took a piece of paper with any picture you wanted, and then you just pressed it. And it became a Pog. <laughs> I'm gonna go out. I'm gonna go out and say it. It's lame it is totally lame. lame. <laughs> totally lame but it's it's like a it's i feel like that and tech decks are like the same like those kind of things are like just oh, weird weird things to do
5: tech decks those are the uh, little finger skateboards finger right? yes yeah, so <laughs> stupid
1: i forgot those were a thing all right well, i wanted you to come in to explain pogs and tell me how many you had i wish you said to be honest kevin i wish you said i had thousands
4: Hundreds.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah all right thanks kevin
4: thanks kevin.
1: jenny just put in the chat that she remembers creepy crawler makers and boy did i have one of those what was that
0: uh, i don't know about that
1: you guys it, it is amazing how you guys are barely older than me but you've missed yeah. out on so much yeah. so many things it was a it was a thing like an oven and you put these like gel you squirt like gel in it whatever And then it was these metal, which is ridiculous. They're metal. If you touched them, they're going to burn your hand off. I never did. But you would have this little thing and you pull out your creepy crawler mold and it would like bake it and solidify it. And then you get them out of the mold and they're little like jelly bugs. You don't eat them. You just have them.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I I have no idea about that. It sounds very close to back in our day, it would have been shrinky dinks. Yeah,
1: yeah, those are great. <laughs> oh,
2: I gotta pack them in my, in my uh, living
1: room. <clears throat> but uh, creepy crawlers, the theme song goes creepy crawlers. <laughs> that, that's what it did.
0: I, I have no idea what the hell you're talking about, which is strange because, yeah, it is. it's just that couple of years. Like if you think about my age compared to your age, in the 90s, like I would have been starting like like playing football and basketball and stuff like that and, and taking it seriously back in like the late 80s. And you know, like like I remember my favorite summer of my whole life was 1985 because Back to the Future came out. And like, that's when I remember all the toys being the best, my first skateboard, my first like uh, freestyle scooter, things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then directly before that, like having an, a, a stuffed ET and stuff like that in the 90s i just remember it being like like super weird like stuff like pogs and uh power rangers and like just i don't know
3: i, mean, was, I
1: when i was a kid it was like teddy ruxpin and stuff like that you know yeah like, it was like yeah. that kind of stuff and then i was just i mean in 1990 i was eight and it was like everybody went hey, there's kids, they'll buy anything. And then everybody went, really? And just made anything. Like it was psychotic. I had like science kits called Mad Scientist. I had Creepy Crawler. (laughs) Like it was just, I had this little uh, vacuum formers where you could make little race cars. It was just so ridiculous. And then on top of that was Legos. I think it probably came from the Lego phenomenon, all that stuff.
3: Yeah, I had a ton of Legos too. Oh yeah.
1: Isn't it
0: crazy how much uh marketing and commercials meant back then and how yeah. much when you were watching tv like on saturday morning if you were watching let's say like Save by the bell or california dreams or something like that that's when they hit you with the toys and that's mm-hmm. when they hit you with the new video games and stuff like that and man you actually paid attention to that now like my daughter does not watch commercials. It doesn't matter what the commercials are about. Like they could be exactly the type of stuff she's into, and she does not want to watch commercials. Mm-hmm. Whoever,
1: but it's Let it's me. because it's because she if she's online commercials, if she's TV commercials, yeah. if she's
0: yeah, it's it's you're seeing it, you're seeing it without watching it in between the shows. It's the exact yeah. same thing. What it is is it, It's more like your phone is like a mobile billboard. Yeah, yeah, it is a picture. Just seeing that picture,
3: which is I mean, crazy. also,
1: also, like when you pop a YouTube video or something, anything, you know that when you type on, when you click on one, your like brain has checked out because you know there's like a Geico commercial. I mean, you just know for yeah. eight seconds you're gonna have to watch a Geico commercial, so you literally mindlessly watch that thing that says "skip ad." You don't even see the commercial, but it probably gets in your brain. But you're just like, okay, and skip ad, and that's why just nobody cares. yeah. Know, the commercials when I was a kid—that was currency. I would watch it and be like, "Oh my God, my Christmas is planned." I got, yes, I gotta
0: have, I gotta have that. And yeah. The you know what the worst thing for me was, is I grew up in a small town in West Virginia, so I never had any of the fun. Like our cable, I remember when our cable got in living color. We got Fox. <laughs> it's such a huge deal because all we heard about was people talking about this show, and we we didn't have it. But we it took us forever to get a Toys R Us. So I would see all these commercials, like specifically the the Christmas, like Jeffrey, uh, like the that big book that they would release. Yeah. For, and that's where you chose everything from. Um, but like, we never had one even close to us. And then like when I graduated high school, they put a Toys R Us in and it's like, obviously worthless to me now, but like, Man, I just remember see, that fucking giraffe. That's nostalgic. That fucking <laughs> If I see a giraffe at the zoo right now, I think <laughs> that's how ingrained that is into my head.
1: That's it. It's gone and but, it's and it's gone.
0: Yes, and it's gone, but that damn giraffe.
1: Do you remember um, do you remember Children's Palace? Yes, that was my spot.
0: Now, Nikki uh, talked about that to me though.
1: Okay, so she, my my spot was Toys are Us. But when I was growing up, if we were going into town, that meant we were going to Dayton or yeah. Cincinnati. If we would go to Cincinnati to eat, that would be going into town. To shop, that'd be Dayton because we had family there. So I don't know where the children's palace was. I don't even Save know. Salem Mall. There you go. Yep. I went one time, and that was ingrained in my head. Just because I went there once as opposed to whenever – That made Children's Palace very exclusive. So it was, (laughs) I have a vision in my head of what I think it looked like. I bet I would be blown away. I mean, I literally have the picture of a white, not a white castle, the restaurant, but a literal white castle. Was that what it looked like or no?
3: Kind of. It just (laughs) looked like, it looked like a building with a cheap castle front (laughs) on it. It, Yeah, it had
0: like, like I've, I've looked it up and seen the pictures online and it looks like, the shittiest
3: strip
0: <laughs> with like a castle facade on it. It definitely yeah. looked like Disneyland or anything. Yeah. Like that.
1: The picture of my, the picture I have in my head of that since I only oh. went once is literally a medieval times from a yeah, Disney movie covered in gold.
3: Like it, I mean, was, that, it was exactly that. Yeah.
0: And that is, that is exactly what this podcast is about. That feeling that you have <laughs> when you, when you think of children's palace is totally fucking wrong.
1: Completely wrong. It's probably like the year before, the year before they're like, well, let's tear down this Burlington Coat Factory and put up one of those kids'
4: stores.
1: (laughs) Like, that's probably what really happened. But because it was like in such high regards, it took took 45 minutes to get there, like the suspense of going, like all those things, they equal this like major event in your life. And it was really like somebody at the counter going, what can I fucking help you with? what but i'm i like- had
3: i had the opposite we had children's palace that was the spot where we would go to get you know once a week mo, moat go we're getting to gi joe that was the thing eventually we got a toys r us and oh boy i thought whoa we're gonna toy- this is high class we're going there and uh it seemed way more high class but i bet it wasn't nah. it's just because it was the <clears throat> new thing Trust yeah it's good. it was Trust a fucking you. wrath.
2: i had have- a yeah. <laughs> I had a big wheel. That was our store, Toys R Us. I would have killed for. Did you say
0: big wheel?
2: <laughs> what? Big wheel was the department store that had toys in my town when I was a kid. It's, you didn't
0: have a Hills.
2: We had we had a Hills in a different town.
1: Man. I bought my first skateboard in a Hills.
2: Man. Plast, plastic
1: Man. trucks.
4: Nash.
2: Skateboarding and like that sort of stuff, that is, I mean, that will transport me back so quickly. Yeah. Yeah. A
0: a couple nostalgic moments for me when we think about like toys and stuff like that that bring me back. I can tell you the first two times that I ever remember crying and they both had to do with uh, not necessarily toys, but First time I ever cried out of sheer sadness was when I watched the movie E.T. at the movie theater. And uh, Elliot loses him and they find him like in a creek with raccoons draped all over him and he's like dying, he's turned bright white or whatever. Like I'm in fucking hysterics. That's the (laughs) first time I cried. And then Christmas morning, 1985 uh, my mom got me the exact skateboard from Back to the Future and I cried tears of joy that morning because I didn't even know that was an option. I, never, I didn't <laughs> never know you could buy that. You know what I mean? So I, I wasn't like expecting hey I'd like to get a skateboard. I'd like to get Marty McFly's skateboard if you could. I was. I wanted a skateboard, and she got the exact skateboard that I didn't even think was attainable.
1: So you thought, she thought she was buying a skateboard from that movie, and you yeah. thought you got the skateboard from that movie. No,
0: I didn't think that I got Michael J. Fox's prop.
1: <laughs> because if you didn't know they existed, you'd be like, oh my God, it's right there. It has to be it. I mean, that's it. I, I
0: didn't even question it. I didn't think that it was the one, but it was a one- that was the, that he was using
1: right i have like weird weird like memory like uh my family and i we used to go to michigan every year like in the summers and there'd be like freighters like big boats cargo boats or whatever and we used to sit there on the rocks and do this and they would honk like i have like really weird like really important memories i have a at that same place we go every summer i had a snoopy fishing pole when i was seven I remember everything about dropping that in the water. <laughs> I don't remember shit in my entire life. I remember everything about that. And one more thing the second you started talking about toys, I remember what He Man slime smelled like. Oh, yeah. Like, <laughs> I know exactly. I could probably break it down on a molecular level, level right now. Like, you I know exactly the smell.
0: Speaking of He Man uh, and smells, do you remember Moss Man? Oh, yeah. Yes. Do you remember? you remember what he smelled like No. fucking poppy patchouli
1: <laughs> i don't remember that yes moss man smelled like patchouli do you remember do you remember these toys uh this might be weird with like three years age gap but there was like a toy where it would have like a cloak on the back and a flat surface and they would have holograms in them
0: yeah I know what like you're talking about.
1: Like beasts or something like that. It was like some ridiculous toy.
0: I don't remember the name, but I I absolutely remember this.
1: They were, I think they were the first item. And I've been were like this, this my whole life. What? Supernaturals? Yes, that's it. That is it. I remember that, yeah. Those things, I've had this in my whole life, and this those were the first time I've ever had this. You would have this thing, and it was the best thing you've ever seen. It gets one scratch, and you hate it <laughs> yep it's white shoes to me is exact i still have the exact same feeling the first scratch on a pair of white white sneakers as i did when those surfaces would get scratched you'd be like it's not even a hologram anymore and you just get rid of it, just gone
0: so speaking of uh that fucking giraffe and how we literally the reason we remember all this stuff and the reason that we have nostalgia is because we were advertised to yeah
1: so it's not- <laughs> we have marketing-based nostalgia, for
0: yes, and Yes, 100 percent. Are you tired of seeing advertisements from your former high school classmates trying to sell you things like essential oils and colloidal silver that will do nothing to improve your life? all while they try to climb up the pyramid on the backs of everybody they used to know? Well, so are we. So how about you listen to an advertisement for a band you used to listen to in high school who is trying to sell you throwback t-shirts from your days in high school, but no pyramid, no fake claims, just a t-shirt that supports a band that you hopefully still love. Maybe it will make you smile. That's a false claim. Go to HawthorneHeightsStore.com and pick up a throwback t-shirt from our collection of 2005-era designs, guaranteed to make you lose weight in just seven days. That's another false claim. HawthorneHeightsStore.com
1: I love
4: that. (laughs) Oh, yeah.
1: (laughs) But But if you order now, you get 15 of them. You, you a Isn't that so insane when they do that? It's like, oh my god, I never thought about a machine you put in the microwave that makes hard-boiled eggs, and now I can have two of them. What? <laughs> just hey, just pay extra shipping and handling. Can you yeah. imagine? <laughs> you didn't know you wanted one of them. Now you're getting two of them by paying twenty-five dollars shipping.
0: Yes. It's a. Do you remember back in the day? Like uh, that was the only way to get like the special G.I. Joe's. Oh, yeah. You remember, that you had to like, there was a couple of ways to do it. There was cigarette bo- or a uh, cigarette box one. <laughs> <laughs> My mom was really trashy, she gave me the cigarette box ones. Um, uh Cereal box ones, you collected the box tops, you were able to uh, send that in. And I think you got, you either got Refrigerator Perry that way, the fridge, or you got Sergeant Slaughter that way. I can't remember, it was one or the other. And then another way to get it was to clip out the back of your G.I. Joe. Yeah, on the cards. And I remember it till this day. Fucking Battle Creek, Michigan. That's where where you were sending the (laughs) cards back to. And then they would send you that specialty G.I. Joe. That's another marketing trick. We were all marketed to.
2: Yeah, for sure. (laughs) But it was the best. What were we sending to play pueblo colorado does anybody remember I, that town there was no. something you, you sent to the there and i don't know what it was but it's the same thing you were there was, money away for something
0: no i don't remember that one but i do remember battle creek michigan was gi joe and then carlsbad caverns california was one of them i have no idea what that was <laughs> but uh I remember driving into Carlsbad for the first time when we were on tour and I was like, Oh my God, this is where we (laughs) used to send something and they would send it back to you. And I I don't know what it
1: is, but it's Um, a, it's a double-edged sword. You're, you're collecting something. Then you ship it off. And then you as a kid get mail, which is like, Whoa, I've got
0: mail. Hey, you remember we, we always make fun of Poppy. Poppy's kind of like the whipping boy in the band. Uh, a couple years ago, people used to post, and we just talked about this today. People used to post Sweet Mail Day. Oh yeah,
2: that's a, okay. sweet mail day. That's a legitimate Sweet Mail Day when you get that, that GI was- mail. When I got my Smurfs record when I was in first grade. Man, oh man, it was probably twenty nine ninety nine plus shipping and handling, and that was the best. I ordered it, but it was a Sweet Mail Day. Hey, crazy.
0: <laughs> The crazy thing to me right now is people who want to post sweet mail day on like Instagram and stuff like that. My point is you fucking paid for it. They're going to send you the item. Yeah. You can't sweet. All, cannot at all be surprised by this.
1: No, you've it, been checking tracking every 40 minutes <laughs> for the last five days.
0: You can't at all be surprised that you're going to get something in the mail that you paid for. <laughs> yeah. That is not a sweet mail day. A sweet, sweet. Day, a sweet mail day would be if uh, your friend that lives across the country just sent you a surprise in the mail. That's a sweet mail day. But back in the day, when you sent four G.I. Joe box tops and eight weeks later, that's two months, by the way. Yeah, eight, oh my gosh. You got Refrigerator Perry, the G.I. Joe, <laughs> in the mail. That Evan. is
1: a, Kevin is clearing it up. Sweet mail day is when several for him is when several things I order show up at once. So that um, would be You know what I'm going to da- I'm going to do I'm going to start an Instagram and it's going to be my order confirmation and it's just going to say sweet mail day in a few days.
2: Uh, and or it's just going to the-
1: be it's just going to be screenshots Sweet
2: <laughs> mail day.
1: Yeah,
3: exactly. Hey, do you remember what uh do you remember the weapon that came with refrigerator perry's G.I. Joe? It was just a football on a stick.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we are getting advertised to.
1: Yes. That, I, love, I love it. Uh, I'm gonna read I'm gonna read the definition of nostalgia and then give a little a little thing I found on the internet. So it's gotta be true.
3: Is this straight from Webster's? This is from Google, but
1: per web per Oxford languages. Okay. I don't tell us the
0: truth, Matt. <laughs> tell us what down yeah. is.
1: It says a sentimental longing. Key word right there. A sentimental longing or wistful affection for the past, typically for a period or place with happy personal associations.
0: That is exactly what it is.
1: Yep. Yeah. Uh, but it's it's weird because when I read this, a sentimental longing or wistful affection, it makes it seem bigger than, remember That's that G.I. Right. Joe? <laughs> exactly. It's you know grand. what I mean? So.
4: But
0: a longing a longing of yesteryear. It's a longing of you seeing that fucking giraffe and, rem- and you remembering, man, I remember what I wanted for Christmas in
1: 1987. Yes. Because <laughs> which, which I is- saw it. Wrath. Which is perfect. I mean, it's. I think like I'm not sure I could be nostalgic for anything that happened, not when I was a kid. Like I feel like that is
0: Poppy's like, the only one of us that's capable of that. Yeah. <laughs> just, is the only one that is capable of actually feeling warm and fuzzy over something that he personally did. <laughs>
1: Like now I feel like I feel like I'm ordering like boxes of weird size screws from the mail. And I'm like, I'm not going to get anything out of that, really. I'm just like, oh, shit, they came and then they sit there until I need them. Uh, But what I wanted to read, I found this uh, article about nostalgia. And I just think I'll just read the first paragraph. But uh, it says it's, it's an article about the dark history of nostalgia. It says asylums for the psychotic emerged in the 1800s when it was deemed immoral to simply throw insane people into jails, and among the most serious afflictions in these wards was nostalgia. So it was, it was not, oh, he's, he's thinking of toys. It was, you're insane, which is very strange.
0: It is, but man, they used to burn you at the stake and think you were a witch back then over 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 basically anything.
1: Yeah. Well, then when we were talking about doing this, this is weird, but the other night, the other night I was watching the Miles Davis documentary on uh, Netflix or something, Amazon one one of those, and uh, they were talking about this isn't nostalgia, but it's kind of in there. But he said he was saying that a lot of the jazz musicians were were going to Paris because. They weren't, uh, this is has to do with current events, I guess, too, but they weren't, like, racists, and there weren't any of the bad shit. They would go over to Paris and be, like, famous jazz musicians. Everybody loved them. Everybody, like, really cared for them. And they would come back, those jazz musicians uh, would come back to America and be, like, insanely distraught and nostalgic for that time they had playing music there and how America was just – not the spot that they wanted to be i mean it's their home but they felt way more at home on the other side of the earth so their nostalgia for i mean that's not really nostalgia but it does have to do with like a wistful longing or something yeah yeah but yeah but it was funny cuz we were we were like doing this whole thing and i was watching that documentary and i was like well that's like the opposite side like a person like miles davis because of how things were in europe as opposed to America has a different nostalgia than me. And I'm just thinking about toys when I was a kid, not to, not to take it for a loop, but it is interesting how it has all these different meanings of whatever, however. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I, I definitely get what you're saying. Let's talk since, um, you know, the whole podcast is about nostalgia and most of the stuff that we talked about was on the good side of nostalgia and, you know, like our childhoods and the fun things that we got for Christmas and how we were actually, it was all just, we learned that it was all just a marketing ploy and we're still just being marketed to by the giraffe. Um, But let's talk about how nostalgia affects what we do for a living and how maybe nostalgia, you have to balance on, is it a good thing or is it a bad thing? Can it be a bad thing? Let's talk about that.
1: I think it. I think it would have to be able to be a bad thing. I couldn't give a uh, exact idea. I mean, I'll I'll give you an I'll give you an example. Uncle Rico. <laughs> that can't that can't be healthy. I know. I know that's an I know that's a uh, movie character, but that that's not based off nothing. That's based off somebody. But yeah, that kind sure. that kind of nostalgia is weird. Yeah.
0: Somebody who can't let the past go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, He just, he wants to hang out in high school. Now, I can give you a good parable for what we do for a living. So most people recognize us for our most popular album, which is The Silence in Black and White, which we've told you stories about before, uh, specifically in the homeschool. Sold over a million records. A crazy feat for a bunch of kids from Ohio. I will tell you this right now. It is, there is no way possible. It is the best music that we've ever recorded, that we will ever record. And that, like, that's just not possible. Because we are better as songwriters now, we are better as musicians now. And we just, we have a better understanding of what we want to be now. Now you can say, well, I don't really like what you want to be now, and that's totally fine. But like, we are constantly judged by our first album. Like, that's just nostalgia. That's that's a, and it's not that we don't like the silence in black and white at all. That's not what the argument is. The argument is, it's very hard to think that the best thing you ever wrote was the first thing that you ever wrote and that you've constantly been getting worse. I just find that hard to believe.
1: Yeah. There's a lot of like, um, I think that the first thing you, the first time you hear where you were when you heard it, how crazy it was like, like when people heard our first record, they were in a situation where, Somebody said, this is cool. And then you listened to it. You felt like you discovered it. There's all this stuff that goes along with it. And I think that is like a powerful thing in the mind. Like some of my favorite records, like one of my favorite bands ever is Sam I Am. The first record I ever heard by them is You're Freaking Me Out or Are You Freaking, whatever that is. That is by far my favorite record of theirs. I'm pretty sure Astray is better. but But I will not allow it to be. Like, there is no way it can be. I know it's not because I have such a connection with thinking I discovered Sam I am. Through yeah. That, that record. That's I, I, my
0: record. And I'm well, not saying because I think you're wrong. I'm saying that because mine would be uh, clumsy.
1: Right. Yep. Yeah.
0: You I, know, because I heard clumsy at a different part of my life.
1: Well, I'll tell you this: if you think it's their least, your least favorite record by them, you haven't heard "Sore."
0: I probably haven't. Even
1: heard that. <laughs> it's it was on New Red Archives. It's it's not great.
0: But I, I will I will tell you this: just speaking of the Sam I Am record, when I when I started listening to "Clumsy," and then I made it to uh, "Are You Freaking Me Out," I had a similar reaction to when I was listening to "Saves the Day," and I heard uh in reverie
4: right
0: because there is a fucking ska song on you are faking me out and i that is not what i wanted out of that band yeah you know what i mean
1: yep for sure so
0: and and i'm not even saying that in a bad we both have two different memories and that's what nostalgia is right that's the crazy thing about it it's nobody right nobody is right no for sure
1: it's a lot
3: of i am seen a lot of posts about taking back Sunday in the chat and, and they're saying, and I agree a lot of people, because of nostalgia think that tell all your friends is their best record, but I think where you want to be, is such a great record.
1: Which one did you hear first?
3: Uh, tell all your friends.
1: Okay. Cause I still prefer that one for sure.
3: And Louder now is so good too. I mean, I, I think they're all good, but I, I think because of nostalgia, everyone's always going to say their first records their best
1: yeah i know all i know tell all your friends is recorded worse i know everything like it just is yeah. there's something about it that i mean i just think it's but i, I think mean, that's i think that's like anything i mean i think it's the
3: jimmy world's the same thing that's a band that we've all all loved and all of us are going to be like futures uh, uh i'm not bleed, bleed american or um clarity, uh, clarity but like They've put out some stuff that I'm not so into in the later years, but they've, that last record's great, but no one's ever going to say that this last record's their favorite one yeah. because they have such a legacy, particularly that people listened to when they were younger and it hit them at a specific time in their life.
1: You know? Yep. Uh, my, my thing with Jimmy World is I, I am overly nostalgic for Clarity, which made yeah. me not care for Bleed American or Futures. And then by the time things kind of – time allowed me to not care as much i think that's when chase this light hit and i love that record
3: that's such a great record but
1: i think it's just because when bleed american came out i wanted clarity when it was still too close when futures came out and i still wanted clarity but that's the same thing with me yeah Haley says integrity blues hands down her favorite jimmy world album
0: Haley, you're out
3: <laughs> is, that, is that the one with that i will steal you Haley? back song on it that sounds really good
0: I think that's Haley Haley and the giraffe are gone (laughs) gone let's do this thing uh we got everything broken down into kind of like segments and skits and everything like that uh, for Matt to edit but we're gonna do something that is called the weekly fight now and it's up Matt one thing that you guys need to learn about and and I will tell everybody how everything works We will pull the curtain back a little bit. Um, Matt is the most antagonistic in the band. Mark is the most passive in the band. Poppy, we can't figure him out because of stories we're not allowed to tell. And me, I'm the hyper-focused one in the band that's brains just will not sit still. Uh, so I always want to do this, 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 this. And sometimes it's great, and sometimes it's the worst fucking idea in the world. But that relates to what we're talking about right now, because Matt is the antagonizer. Yep. So he is in charge of the weekly fight. Matt is the one who knows how to push all of our buttons. Uh, the one that almost got beat up by Aaron Bucciarelli, uh, while we were recording The Silence in Black and White. And I believe Aaron said... I'm going to give you a fucking shiner. Yes, and i he did. <laughs> and I, don't even, I don't even remember what you were you were like ripping on him for. But I like, said,
1: if, I remember it. I remember what happened. And I said, I remember saying fuck you to him like more than once. <laughs> and then he said, say fuck you again one more time. And I went, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> and then he came flying. That's the ante- court jester. <laughs> Yeah. Well it. my brain, my brain, I had the little angel and devil on each shoulder and the the angel went, <laughs> Do, oh, it. "Do it, dude." And the devil went last and he goes, "Do it." I have about. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, here's my here's my fight and this is me being an antagonist, knowing that you guys are barely older than me, knowing you guys probably all disagree with me. Here it is. The Nintendo Entertainment System sucks. <laughs> <laughs> The system is- the system sucks. Duck hunt? The games suck. That's the Duck Hunt one, right? That's the one. Yeah, that's the one. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the pretty, one. <laughs> okay. Never mind. Poppy, you win. That's impressive.
0: This is a great this is actually a great fight, Matt. Because yeah, I, I, real
1: quick, real quick, Mario Three's out. Mario Three's a great game. Every other game fucking blows. It's awful.
0: But Mario Three was the was the pinnacle because that was at the very end of the system. And yeah. that had shown you what you could get from Mario 1 to Mario 3. And like they took it as far as they could get it. But like, while I'm with you to a degree, because there was a time where I had a collection that was 85% done of the entire NES catalog. And I tried to play all of them. And you are right to a degree. Terrible. There are, a, there are a lot, unplayable. And these yes. were all the money. These were all, they were like 40 or $50. They were oh, yeah. all terrible.
1: No, I um, mean, there's a, couple, there's a couple like Zelda, I understand its point, I understand its use. Uh, Mario 1, I understand its place in history. Mario 2 is a cash grab because it wasn't even supposed to be a Mario game, but they made so much money off Mario 1 that they just did it. They're taking all those games and putting them on Switch and I go back, and I play them, and I go, these are bad.
0: Yeah, for sure. And I, th- I think that even me, a, a diehard Nintendo aficionado, even I can say there are probably 20 incredible games from my childhood on the NES, but there was probably, I think there's 600. So 20 out of 600 is oh, yeah. An extremely bad percent. Yep.
1: Oh, I, I remember, I just, I remember when I was a kid, I never had, here's another thing. This, this plays a big part in it. And, uh, I never had a Nintendo. So I would only play at friend's house or something like that. Uh, my parents were like, Oh, you got an Atari. You're fine. Well, I never had one. So I would play at other people's houses. I love, I love smash TV. I bet if I played it now, I'd think it was terrible. Um, I remember seeing the box art for the game Star Tropics. Okay.
0: Yeah, I know. And
1: wanting that game. Am I robot mad? No. Uh, chat says I'm roboting. You're fine. I'm fine. Okay. okay. Um, <laughs> Ethan says he's been infected. <laughs> but I remember just seeing the box art for Star Tropics. There's something about it that just made me want it. I never played it until about a month ago. It is the biggest pile of trash I've ever played in my life. I hate it so much. It's like an RPG, which I didn't think that. Um, and it's the worst one I've ever played by far. But I've wanted to play it since I was like seven.
0: There's, there's definitely bad shit. I think that the, uh, like, since, you're, since you are four or five years younger than us, I think that you don't, you don't particularly see the progression when you were when you were ready to play video games. Super Nintendo was out. Oh my God! Yes. And you had to, but you had to get like I lived through fucking Atari, where Nintendo didn't exist.
1: Yeah, that's what I had growing up in Atari Twenty Six Hundred.
0: That is like I could create something better on my
1: phone right now. Pong is better than any Nintendo game that ever came out. <laughs> I mean, just straight up, it just is. These You're two inside. things going like this is better than everything I have on my Switch that I can play by Nintendo. That's the giraffe talking. Those.
0: Jeffrey <laughs> coming at you.
1: If I spent, if I had my parents in that case spend $40 on tennis for Nintendo. I think they would have taken my Nintendo and thrown it in the trash the next day. I went no. We're done. How much well, were the
3: games? I don't even remember. How much forty the games bucks. Back.
0: Forty bucks was like a rock star game, like a like a Mario. Yeah. Been, when it came out, it would have been forty dollars Zelda. Yeah, the cl- the actual like classic ones. But then they came out with stuff like te- like NES Tennis. that was more like twenty five to thirty. Yeah. And then there was the budget bin that got you got knocked down to like twenty and below when the game wasn't selling or whatever. I spent a lot of days in the budget bin. Oh yeah. Digging around just trying to mm-hmm. find something I, thought I could play.
1: But I will say this, there was a game growing up on Super Nintendo that I loved called Joe and Mac. It was these two cavemen. I know that <laughs> I just got it on Switch. Yep. Biggest piece of shit I've ever played. It's awful. And I used to <laughs> love that. I used to love it so much. Also, uh, like Sonic. I never had a Sega. Sonic still holds up. All these things. Yeah, It holds up. But, man, uh, some of these Nintendo games on Switch. Anybody out there, if you got a Switch, you're thinking about pulling the trigger because you want those Nintendo games. Ouch.
2: You're, you're you buying it for, like, the five that you want. You're paying the subscription for Zelda, Mario, yep. Excite Mike, you know, like the classics.
1: Oh, Excite bike's so bad. I hate oh, that game so much. I'm still playing it. I'm still playing it. Okay, the other day, <laughs> Nick at like, Nick Testa at like midnight goes, he's online, he goes, hey, see if you can play Excite bike with me. And I get on there and we play Excite bike online against each other. And I'm like, this is awful. This is not fun. It's just the just doing that, and then it's over, and then like, you want to go again or not? No, not really.
0: And you just just, you just fall. Yeah, you fall, or your your damn bike over. That's the worst part of it. You gotta like throttle.
1: Oh yeah, for sure.
0: Uh, You know, I was really excited. There was a time, and this is because of nostalgia. I was really excited one of the reasons that I got the switch was because I thought that that, that Nintendo was going to do me right and release those games but they are doing it such a, a such a like it it's, takes forever you wait a month terrible. and you and you get like three and these are just roms by the way of content that they own
1: yeah. for god's
0: sakes, I'm going to be 115 sold by the time Tecmo Super Bowl comes
5: out.
1: Well, the problem problem with a lot of those games, like in my opinion, like Castlevania, those are like unbeatable. Well, those games, Castlevania will make a Castlevania collection because I'll spend 20 bucks on it. So they're not putting those out for free because they still own those. They're going to make a collection. Uh, And like Contra, same thing, Contra collection. So you're not – you're getting the Nintendo – classics that they want to sell you switch online with and then they're giving you random shit because they said they were going to give you more and th- that's it and all that middle ground stuff is all happening for money yeah
0: yeah for sure
1: is you um, got what do you think about nintendo don't let don't let you got to be the mediator you got to say i see both sides of it
3: <laughs> i like i like nintendo but that was like my first real system i wasn't a big Video game guy growing up. So I had a Nintendo and then I didn't get a super Nintendo till way after it was already out for a while. And then that was the last system I had until, uh, I got a Wii, but never really played it a bunch.
1: But here's my question. Do you, do you like Nintendo? Cause it was good. Like Nintendo because it was there when you were a kid, and you're nostalgic for those things. Like when the when the load screens pop up, when the like I have the Game Boy load screen in my head. I know what exactly. I had a Game Boy too.
3: What about that thing running on batteries? Oh my God!
1: (laughs) Just trying to take it on a trip and be like two hours. Like, oh, we got to stop and get some batteries. The best was Uh, Game Gear. It would suck six six double A's in like forty minutes. Be unbelievable.
3: Um, I I don't know I just know I dug it I mean a big part of my memories and nostalgia with it was playing like we used to play bases loaded at my friend's house we would get together and have tournaments just play that game all day and it wasn't something I sat on and played by myself it was just fun playing with them so um you know it I liked it (laughs) I think it's great (laughs) I
0: still like the way the Nintendo looks better as well. I think the design on the Super Nintendo is hilariously like oblong and fat looking. It's just weird looking. It it looks like it should be the first one and that NES should be the second. Now, I'm not talking about gameplay or anything like that or graphics. I'm talking about the way the actual system itself looked.
1: Right. What
3: what about a system... a system that it is very common all oh, the game froze up you take it out you blow on the cartridge put it back in and it works perfectly
1: that's insane <laughs> i was gonna say jt can hate this hate the look of the super nintendo but man when you put that cartridge in and you push that little thing up it happens it worked it happens for sure they it's fi- great.
0: yeah they they fixed it they fixed it for now, sure be in
1: the chat's got it true they have not got the online part figured out in the slightest it's not even close. they're still still rocking
0: 1998
1: internet yeah if if i want to do voice chat on nintendo i have to download the nintendo app and have the other person download the nintendo app and then there's like three games that accept it whereas everybody can just do everybody can just do a discord on anything and just do that it's ridiculous like it's so dumb
0: yeah i don't know so let's Let's get back on topic. Let's get back on the topic of nostalgia in music. So we talked about the silence in black and white and how maybe that album came out and you heard us at the perfect time in your life. And, but there's just no way it can be our best written album as musicians. 16 years later, we have to have more to offer. We have to be better at playing our instruments we have to be better songwriters we just have to be i cannot i cannot accept that i was at my best in 2003 and 4 in somebody's basement i cannot I just cannot accept well, it. has to
1: be it has to be a situation where in my opinion what would be perfect is if somebody said hawthorne heights is better now but i will always love that album because it was the first one i heard
4: and
0: I will, I will accept that every day of the week, because that is accurate, that is great. Um, and you know, we're better at playing those songs now. We just are. So like, I, I still, I think it's 50-50. I think you got the, the angel on one shoulder, the devil on one shoulder, and I think nostalgia is giving you a middle finger from both sides sometimes. I just think that you can't win the argument. Um, so, so our next point is, does nostalgia skew your memory or does your memory skew nostalgia? So, you know, when you think about, when I think about when I got that skateboard in 1985 and I cried on fucking Christmas morning, that does not make that skateboard a good skateboard.
1: No. No. No, memory, oh, the memory skews the nostalgia because there's time and place, there's moments of yes. time, there's like all that stuff involved in the product or the thing.
0: Yes. Like, now I'd probably be like, why'd you get me the brand that he's playing that is not as cool as, like, I don't know. I, wanna, I want to own something that somebody in uh, whatever ccs whatever ccs uh magazine poppy's looking at transworld were, boarding or something
3: you were skating a nash
0: bro basically skating, <laughs> skating a nash. actually you know what it was a uh volterra uh madrid so it was not they were nice but it was like um still made for mass production in stores not skate shops you were yeah. not Skating a skate shop board, you were skating a made for fucking Sears.
2: Say, Volteria? What's up? You got a department store skateboard. Yeah, but, but it, doesn't, it doesn't matter how how great it is. It's made for a department store, which means it's not real.
0: Exactly, but it was it was branded with two very reputable brands because yeah. that's who probably bought the advertising. Once yeah. again. We were advertised to. We were marketed
3: to. Did you say Volterra? Volterra, yeah. That was my first skateboard as well. My dad bought it at BP, a gas station. <laughs> Man, yeah.
0: uh, Volterra must have really exploded on the scene because of... Uh...
3: At, at the BP across the street from Jim's Donuts. That's where he bought it for me. I don't yeah. know if it was called a BP back then, but that's it was that gas station.
0: We, we should, not for the podcast, just personally, we should do some research on that and find out if uh, because of the movie, that caused the brand to explode. And then, you know, like it was a sellout situation where they just bought the name and then they're putting that shit everywhere. Mm-hmm. We, we should look into that. Also, we should look and see if Nash, was ever a serious brand
2: anywhere do I mean, was- you know that no definitely not and i know because when i would go skate with kids who had the vision or santa cruz or pow boards they would see me go oh cool nash deck i'm like yep. yeah i can't i can't skate with these guys until i get a real board
1: yep but did they have like was it like did did Nash say I've got an idea, let's make a really cheap skateboard? Or did they say we're like one of the early ones, let's try to extend our reach by marketing to people with 40 bucks? Yeah, I don't know. Like which one was it? I mean I don't most, know. Most people yeah.
2: I know had a Nash if you were if you lived in a small town and all you had was a department store and you wanted a skateboard, that's that was your option. Right. So I had Yeah, a, you bought but I was embarrassed. To have one, so I got a hold of CCS catalog and I ordered the first skateboard because I needed a real skateboard. Um,
0: and it took eight weeks to get there.
2: Shit. <laughs> you know, I, okay, that was that was back in the day of UPS COD. That was, <laughs> me. and I got to skip school because I had to sign for and pay for the package. So every time I ordered something from CCS, I got a skip day.
1: Nice. (laughs) That is a sweet mail day. That
2: was fucking sweet mail day.
1: That's sweet. (laughs) That is really sweet. I just think of like, you. Do you guys remember? This is a little off topic, but do you guys remember those Scholastic book orders when you were in school? Yeah. It might be the worst way to to get books. Like, it is definitely a better way to go to a bookstore with every book you've ever available ever and just pick one you think is going to be amazing and then leave with it right then. There's something about filling out the thing, doing the putting your parents' check in the envelope, and then magically one day in the future, sweet mail day comes to school, and you have like a stack of four books. It is such a worse way to have books. I'll, I'll, books.
2: I'll tell you something. As, yep. as a parent who just, well, not just, but when Molly was little, I did that, and I got ex- I got as excited in this recent time as I did when I was a kid. I was like, "Oh, we can order books.
1: Let's get you this one and this one and this one, and I'm gonna get this one for
2: myself." It still fucking rules.
1: Yeah, because you don't, and you also don't really know when the delivery date's gonna be. There is no chat track tracking or anything. Like it's just gonna show up to your school someday. Yeah. We'll someday, play. and then you go in there right when you least expect it. Boom, got your stuff. Poppy
0: so, loves, loves a sweet mail day. It always
1: has. It is. I mean, Scholastic Book Orders might be the original Sweet Mail Day. I mean, that might be everybody's first make the order, wait, Sweet Mail Day comes to school. It might be the original.
2: I was buying records off
1: of TV commercials. <laughs> Advertisement number two. <laughs> <laughs> Did you ever buy any Time Life CD collections? Nah, uh,
2: I don't believe so.
1: Like where they'd send you, I had one called Guitar Rock and mm-hmm. they would send you a CD every month. <laughs> It'd be like Guitar Rock, 1970 to 1971.
2: Nah, Seven. I was buying stuff like Mickey Mouse Disco and the uh, Smurfs do Broadway. I don't know, you know, nice. just like shitty records like that, that. Sesame Street Records, shit. I love
4: that.
0: What are some things that remind us of the best times in our lives.
2: I just talked you know, about it.
0: <laughs> Well, it's usually stuff like music and movies and foods and art and colors. Um, I got a song quote planned for you guys. Let's see if anybody can get it uh, in the chat. He sings the songs that remind him of the good times. He sings the songs that remind him of the best times. That's my nostalgia quote. That is a song lyric that just reminds me of having
5: fun. Uh, about what's,
2: what's yours though? Like what is your like memory that you, that takes you back? Um, songs? Uh, whatever, pick, pick one, pick something like the most that takes you back to, like, the best time?
0: I'll pick a song. um, Like, a a song for me would be Welcome to Paradise by Green Day. I just remember hearing that at football practice in 1994. Some kid from California had just moved back to West Virginia. He had a a long-ass, almost point-break-style Anthony Kiedis mohawk you know that you would be that you would pull all the way back not like a standing mohawk or like shaved on the sides and uh on our first bus trip he uh let me hear green day this is before green day had hit yet over here but was exploding in california uh, and it was welcome to paradise because we had we we didn't get to hear them when they were like you know, they were blowing up because of long view. And then when I come around, uh, this was before that. This was just the album had come out. Um, yeah. And I just remember hearing that song and being like, holy shit, what kind of music is this? This is fast. I'd never heard fast music before. Uh, so I will always remember that. Um, colors, anything that that are beachy, anything that you guys know that I like, like, and that's why I like those colors because it reminds me of the summertime stuff like seafoam green and coral and uh, Like Caribbean blue stuff like that any anything like that is always going to get me in a great mood and My, my wife a lot of the times Nikki FM calls them aggressive colors. Why are you wearing such an aggressive orange and I'm like man this is this is a fun color, and she's like, it's pretty aggra- – that yellow you're wearing is very aggressive.
1: You just say – all you have so. to say is who day. <laughs> Poppy, well, give me one. What do you got? What do you have like a I, – because I want your story to be just like JT's, and mine is equally the word I'm thinking of. I'm not going to give it away. Um, Song, time and place. Let's go.
2: For, for me, Song. it would it would be – it ties into skateboarding in the summer and it's going to be Faith No More's album, Introduce Yourself. And that was the spot in my life where I was actually learning how to skateboard. I got like my first like real board. I skateboarded to school every day. I was like learning how to like jump off the launch ramp. I learned how to ollie. Like, and I, I had a Walkman, like a, a, a tape player, not a Discman, like a tape, a tape deck. Is that a Walkman?
1: Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah, Yeah, it is. It is.
2: Um, and I listened to that record every single day while skateboarding and there was just something that was the, that was a great time. I was probably 15, I guess 15 or 16, just fucking easy going, man. Like I just skateboarded and went to school and went to a private school where I got to kind of like do what i wanted i had a key to the school if that tells you anything Damn. about how school was run i was the king no yeah, i had man. i had the key to my school because christians were idiots
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> but yeah faith the more introduced yourself that takes me back to that shit so fast
1: yeah miss
3: uh early metallica my brother and his friends used to blast early metallica when they skated when they skateboarded and i just wanted to hang out with them and skateboard and i was really really young but whenever i had a chance they would be blasting that and it just always whenever i hear like battery or something off injustice for all or master of puppets or something like it just takes me back to that like it was the shittiest boom box it sounded like all treble and they would put that thing up on the quarter pipe, and we'd be skating it, and I'd be falling down real hard and acting like I was cool and not hurt. But, yeah. uh, are you
0: talk- are you talking about thrashing while thrashing?
3: Yes, exactly. It's exactly what I'm talking about. All of um, your
1: stories are like like okay, it's funny because mine is mine is definitely the song I want to sex you up by Color Me Bad. <laughs> And here's why when I went to daycare, so when I went to school, I would get picked up by a bus and taken to daycare and then my parents would come get me after work or whatever. This is, this happened for, for my entire childhood pretty much. I remember being like, I don't know, nine, 10, something like that. And I had a little red tape player boom box it just had one tape deck. It wasn't a recording situation. It was, a piece, it was such a piece of crap. And I remember having the tape somehow I'll record it off the radio or something. I remember having the this, this song and it was a Christian like daycare, like a Nazarene church. And I had, I want to sex you up on tape and I'd be like, Hey kids come over. I was like the star of the show. Cause I had, I at that daycare. I was the star because I had a dirty song on a tape. It probably lasted. I mean, I bet I got caught. Somebody probably was like, he's playing songs that are bad within 30, 40 minutes. But for that 30 minutes, I remember everything about being in that circle, the kid with the tape that nobody, like, that is like an early, the thing that all these stories have in common is they're completely mundane moments in your entire life. (laughs) But there's like a mental connection to this time and place, even though they're so mundane. Mm -hmm. My other one is buying the Black Album. I was going on vacation. Went into my parents were like, "Let's get a tape for the for the trip." We we're like going to North Carolina or something. We went to a Kroger, and they had Metallica the Black album. I'd never heard Metallica, and I went, "This looks, this looks metal." And so I bought that. So I when I hear Metallica, I also think Kroger. Like let Kroger. me ask
2: you this: When you bought that cassette or a CD? Cassette. Okay i I bought it on CD at my like whatever the department store was in Lebanon. Uh I can't remember what it was called, but it was a long box.
1: Yeah. It was, nice. first,
2: <laughs> it was My first long box, if I'm not mistaken.
1: My first long box was Cooley Eye Harmony. Boys I love win.
0: calling them long boxes.
1: That's what they were called. I got my first long box at swallens in Middletown. Never forget it. And it was, we went to... We went to celebrate Christmas with someone with a, like a great grandparent at a nursing home. And that was a gift I picked out that my parents were going to, we were all going to be a part of this conspiracy where we were going to go to the nursing home. And that was my great grandmother's gift to me. So that was my first long box. Uh, that was my first CD and first long box. CD. Very what a nice. waste, what a waste of paper. You know,
5: I love,
1: Boys to Men. Oh yeah,
0: to this very day, Boys to Men is fucking incredible.
1: Oh yeah, for sure.
0: They have the best harmonies, the best. Like I listened to that shit growing up. It was my very first ever show. Uh, was Boys to Men, and like that's one of those songs that when I'm listening to something and it comes on uh, the radio, like man, that that. That is one of those things that crushes me back to high school. When I hear boys to men, that takes me back.
1: Oh, yeah. Mine mine is my exact same thing for you as probably Bell Biv DeVoe. Like my, when I think poison Bell Biv DeVoe, I remember the exact trip. It's like all the same things you just said about boys to men for you as that.
0: Let's talk about 10-year um, anniversary reunion type tours. And let's talk about it from the band's perspective and from the fans perspective. So okay, let's the fans in first. If you if you guys who are listening, um if you have a strong opinion one way or another, if you have a strong opinion about 10-year anniversary tours, 15-year anniversary tours, uh bands getting back together to do them and stuff like that. Uh, raise your hand matt will pull you in we
1: want to hear about it yep well uh hand i see and i'm looking and if nobody's on here don't worry this will be edited out this part okay got one here we go taylor you're coming on it's not me is it <laughs> <laughs> what's up taylor how are you
0: i'm good uh i think it's great like i always want to see like bands like i like want to see the live performance if they want to get back together and tour and have fun like i want to go and see it so i think
4: i'm all for it like anniversary tours
0: or whatever tours bands want to do like i want to see them again and see them play music
1: is there any piece of your brain that says they're trying to make they're trying to make money right now there you can say yes you can say yes
4: sometimes
0: i feel like i get that with uh bands where it's been like a really really long time and they're getting back together and they keep doing it over and over again and keep calling it anniversary tours over and over again but most of the time i i don't feel like uh it's all about the money like i I feel like it's like they're still playing music and i still get to see a show
1: so right nice jt what do you think about that do you agree what what do you want to do
0: I, i like that response that response to me is more akin to how i would feel but like when i think about it from the from the music industry standpoint which is a very cynical way to think about it uh, on my end um i'm always arguing for the band side because if if a band wrote a song that you like they have to be able to monetize it or they cannot play it anymore so my thought is it's it's always like one of the worst parts about the internet is that bands are always made to feel that you're not allowed to make money off your own art. You know, like you're like taking advantage of a fan or something like that. And it's like, we're just trying to play shows. If most people want to come see us because we're playing our, our older music, that's totally fine too. You know, we would, we'll play whatever you guys want to listen to us play. And, uh, I don't think there's anything wrong with, with a band trying to earn a living Like no matter what. I just think that it's, it's so hard to be able to do this anyway because you don't make money off your music. You just don't. The thing that everybody listens to is the one thing that you don't make money off of. So you gotta get out there and you gotta grind. And you know there's a thousand other bands that are doing it every night too. So it's like, I think you gotta be creative. So I think that if any fans, like, I just hate to see that. I hate to see somebody say, I can't believe that they're, you know, going to do that album again. And it's like, dude, be happy that any band has lasted over 10 years. Cause that's hard. That's really hard given the current climate. If you're not like the Foo Fighters or something like that. So like me, if I like a band, I will watch them play whatever set list they want. You know what I mean? If, if, if Bruce Springsteen wants to play Born in the USA 175 times, I, the boss is the boss. I'm just going to watch him play it. That's my point of view. My point of view is just let the band do it, and I want to watch him play.
1: So you're, you're, with, you're with Taylor on this. You agree? I'm,
0: 100, I'm 100% with Taylor. Now, can it get kind of I, – I do feel it's a double-edged sword because like we've had to turn down playing stuff from our newest album that we're trying to promote in order, because it fell on a 10 or a 15. You know what I mean? And that like, that to us is hard because we can't tell the label, hey guys, we don't want to release new music this year because it's our 15 year anniversary of our old ass album. A label doesn't care about that. They're not making money off an album that you put out 15 years ago. They want new music. And we as artists and songwriters, we also want to release new music. You know, that's what we want to play our old songs and we want to release new music. So that's one of the things that we always tell our fans is that when, when we're doing a 10 or 15 year anniversary tour, like this year right now, this is the 15 year anniversary of If Only You Were Lonely. So next year, it's like, what can we do? Can we release new music or do we play? If only you were lonely, you know, like what's the band supposed to do? Um, it's just tough. And it's like, it's tough enough for us to do, to decide for our fans. And then it's really hard when people are like yelling at you on the internet saying you're cash grabbing.
1: That's just tough. I've got a theory about that. I think the people saying you're a cash grabber don't like your band, but they did see the thing that was posted about it on yeah, the internet. You know what I mean? They, yeah. Why are they even talking about it? Cause we're in the age of yakking. That's why. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's it. Oh, Hey, I'm doing nothing right now. And I'm looking at this. I might as well let my voice be heard or whatever. I'm just.
0: And I just want to make you feel bad. Yeah. 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 So I, I love Taylor's response. Taylor's response yeah. is exactly. I think that's how a fan should be thinking. How can I see my favorite band play? Like right. that, more than that. How can I keep them alive? How can I keep them creating new music? That's what I would think about. If I could get the Smashing Pumpkins to become the damn Smashing Pumpkins again, I will do it. Billy, get it together. I want to hear you sound. This is nostalgia talking. This is pure nostalgia talking. I want to hear Siamese Dream again. Let me it's, have it.
1: It is one of those things where the the anonymity of the internet allows you to comment on everything not not anything everything that you could possibly comment on and there's no repercussions and the moment you hit enter you forgot what you even commented on anyway and you've moved on so now it's on to the next one and then now it's more yeah. it's more here we go we're going like it's you'll see something you like and you type love that or you just double tap it because that's easier which is ridiculous and then the next thing yeah, you they- see something you don't like and you go oh, i'm gonna let my voice be heard here and then yeah, and I think people
0: like they get that adrenaline rush and that stress rush on arguing on the internet. So, like, people try to say stuff that they would never say to somebody. Yeah. Um, you know, like, you would never, if we were in a meet and greet line, let's say that we were in a VIP meet and greet line, none of those people would be like, I can't believe that you're playing a 10 year anniversary set. Uh, you know, like that's such a cash grab. I can't believe you're trying to rip your fans off like that. They would shake your hand and be like, hey, this is super cool that you're doing this.
1: But those people that would say that would not be at the show.
4: Yeah.
0: They, forgot there they, was even a sh-
1: they forgot there was even a show happening. <laughs> they just saw it one time on the internet while they were shitting or something. They're not, they're, they're not going to anything. The people There's that are excited people. to be at the show are excited to be at the show. And the people that are not at the show are online talking shit about something else but
0: i think that i think that's the problem is like we come from the in-between generation and it's like we look at comments and we care and it kind of bums us out or we you know we used to uh now we're like who cares but like guns and roses wasn't doing that they weren't worried they weren't worried about shit. you come to the show or you don't because i'm partying whether you want to be here or not i'm going to be partying I'm cooler.
1: Kevin also said some in the chat, and he's right. Uh, that I can't find it, so I'm going to summarize. Oh yeah, okay. My thing is, I love anniversary tours because you hear songs from those albums in the band that the band doesn't normally play. Which yeah. that is accurate. There, yeah. I bet you we played two thirds of Silence in Black and White for the first time when we did the tour.
4: Yeah,
1: like I bet we don't play four or five songs off like that maybe ever.
0: Yep. And that it is, it is, it's a time for deep cuts. It is for songs that you remember listening to the entire album. Those are your times to hear those songs. So to me, like I said, you know, like I, I want to hear bands just be able to do what they can do. You know, I choose whatever the band wants to do. I'm totally good with,
3: um, Well, I think for us too, it's like such a thing now that it's just so commonplace to do anniversary tours. I don't think people realize that the kind of thoughts we put into it when we do it, like when we're doing, for example, we just did the 15th anniversary for silence. We played so many songs, like we played silence and we would rip through it and and go as fast as we could. So so we knew that we'd still have like 40 minutes left over to play a bunch of other songs for our fans, you know? Um, Yeah. So So that's that's,
0: like, yeah, it was eleven. Silence is eleven songs, and then we put another nine, I think, to make it a twenty-song set list. But those, those are basically six songs that we would have never played. Mm -hmm. So you know, it made our our set list twenty because we we want to give our fans everything, and then we also want to give people who like our new music everything, and we also need to treat the band as a great outlet for us personally and emotionally to play new
3: songs. Yeah, but also like when we did like a headliner that wasn't, like a US headliner that wasn't an anniversary tour, like the the tour we did with Listener, I remember the conversation with making that set list and we definitely said, well, we just did Silence and then Lonely, um, let's just do whatever we want on this tour and we played a lot of songs on that tour and it was like, a lot of newer songs i think it was the bad. it was the first tour for bad frequencies we played yeah, we like played, five new songs
0: yeah i think we played five bad frequency songs we and played like
3: fragile future songs skeleton yeah. songs yeah
1: crystal just wrote in the chat i love this is really cool i really like this she said i think it also depends on the band you grew up with a band and aged with them as they progressed as a band and you grew as a person You stayed a fan of the band for a reason because that band grew up with you. Reunion tours are almost like looking through an old photo, through old photo albums, remembering the good times, the bad times, and the new times yet to come. I think that's pretty much it. And those reunion tours are like great bookmarks for like, Mm -hmm. we are going to play a show of this time in your life, whatever. And this time is decided by you. So it's kind of, it's perfect. But yeah, what she wrote is like perfect. That's exactly. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's a good way to put it. Um, Okay, so I think it's time for us to do our second commercial skit. Damn, do your legs ever get hot? It's like 94 degrees in Ohio. We can't beat the heat in black skinny jeans. There has to be a better way. Introducing Hawthorne Heights Shorts, guaranteed to make your legs happier. If you don't like them, we will personally apologize to your legs. Exclusively available at HawthorneHeightsStore.com and j That's JT's new department store. Remember, no pyramid, just helping an emo band survive. Your legs will thank you. HawthorneHeightsStore.com.
1: that i like that one better i like uh that you're apologizing to each individual leg (laughs) i assume that's an awkward that's an awkward apology to give it's a much more awkward apology to receive quite frankly
2: somebody's gonna think that you're proposing
1: yeah okay it might be more (laughs) awkward to watch and be like well that's a weird response jeez
2: Sorry about this.
1: Uh, This creep just apologized, or I thought they were proposing, but then got kicked in the face. I don't really get it.
0: (laughs) But let's talk, speaking of bad, let's talk about one of the, just one of the worst possible things that's going on right now. And that's influencers. Instagram influencers at protests. That's a bad fucking take. (laughs) <laughs> that is absolutely a bad take. Yeah, Try, trying to wear like cool looking outfits, um, and like having real professional cameras, like while some important shits going on in the world right now, and you are trying to capture some sort of fame off of it. That's like, man, that's that's bad news.
1: I think it's almost sad. I think it's almost the perfect I agree with you that they're absolute clowns I think it is almost a perfect juxtaposition for our time there's something so serious happening and then somebody's also turning it into a photo shoot I think it's I think it is a perfect example of what exactly this is it's that is 2020 if you could put 2020 in a picture it's that like what the hell is going on <laughs> like it makes none of it None of it makes it like, the weirdest. Yeah. I I feel
0: like the draft is back. You know, like everybody's just, man, I just don't understand how you sleep at night doing shit like that. I really don't like but the internet. Not important. The internet, That
1: is, that is for people that see literally everything as a possible photo op.
0: As an opportunity.
1: Photo op, everything, uh, guy picking his nose in the car next to them. Uh, Person mowing the grass with a shirt off. Oh, my God, would it be funny? I mean, it's everything is a possible photo op. Uh, your HelloFresh thing you got in the mail, everything. Yeah. And I think once you become a, a person that puts everything on the internet constantly, then you are trained to put everything. And that includes, that includes all the stuff you probably shouldn't be belittling with your internet bullshit. And that includes all that, too.
0: Yeah, I agree. Yeah. So, this section, once we get digging deeper into having a couple of episodes, you'll start to understand it. But this section is called Look at This Clown. And uh, it's basically something dumb I saw on the internet. I'm not trying to bully anybody, but uh, when people are doing like just such just bad takes, I just I think that it needs to be talked about. Uh, I'm not trying to make them feel bad, but influencers at protest is that's, a lo- that's fucking low come the fuck on man. Have a heartbeat, <laughs> have a heartbeat.
1: I think that I, is, I think that's a disconnect with reality that those people have.
0: It, it is. It absolutely is. Yeah. And, and you know, I don't want to tear anybody down, but we have to do better than we're doing because that is just, that is so fucking, that's such a bad
1: take. Uh, for everybody out there, if you want to see some of this, which I do, cause I, 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 I like talking shit on the show, but I also like watching the show. Um, But influencers in the wild is a wonderful Instagram. If you want to, if you ever thought you saw someone taking a picture of themselves, and you wish you could take a picture of them taking a picture of themselves, it's an Instagram solely for that.
0: Oh my God!
1: It is is beautiful. It's so good. I don't know why
0: we haven't talked about this before. Uh, I feel like you should have. I feel like you're a shitty friend. I feel (laughs) like you. Hey been looking at this, and I haven't been looking at this. Tell me that. All
3: the stuff we a share year, in our group text. How have you never sent this over?
1: A year, probably. But here's You've the good news. For a year. I feel yeah, like here,
3: I don't even know you anymore.
1: But here's the good news. Here's the good news. Now you have such a back catalog to look at. It's constant. Maybe not a year. I don't think it's a year old. Uh, <laughs> the guy who runs his name is Tank. He's awesome. Uh, but... I love a good Tank. Go look at it. It's great. People people just send him pictures of our videos of people taking videos for the internet. So if you've ever, if you've ever wanted to to watch somebody film themselves at a beach, you get to watch them set up their little camera and then do their little pose. and the, It's great.
0: I want I I honestly want to know like who watches, like who are they influencing? That's the worst part is the people who like, look at that and in the the kids that are like i want to be if i could just do that if i could just be like that person like i can't imagine wanting to take advantage of such opportunity
1: i don't i I I bet you i would i would almost guarantee you most of the people on influencers in the wild but this might be sadder for all i know but i think they want to be influencers i'm not sure they're influencers
5: which might be worse yeah (laughs) which
1: might be worse
5: but it is like
1: it is that influencer culture like it's just that yeah. there's like a group of like three things you do it's like you well put, put every moment me- of your life online and then try to pose in front of you uh, basically you have to pretend your entire life's a vacation knowing in your own mind that it's definitely not but you do have to play pretend so here we go
0: yeah to me like when using the term influencer now is the perfect time to influence for, for things of good, for progression. Like, that's what, that's what you could be influencing. If And I'm talking about people who have 10 million followers and stuff like that, because you can have an influence when you're doing stuff like that. I'm not talking about people who have uh, 1,000 followers and they follow 5,000 people and they want to be an influencer. I'm talking about people who have real influence, like, We got to do better. We got to do better with that influence.
1: But I think a lot of this, I mean, it's weird because I think the internet is really good at selling you like a toaster that looks cool, but I'm not sure it's really very good at doing good things. Like I think, I think it's like pretty evident that it's hollow. And I think everybody knows it there. Everybody's pretending it's not hollow, but I think all that stuff, the Instagram stuff, I think everybody knows it's pretty hollow. Yeah. So I think the good It almost comes off as, like, weird if it's just a good thing on Instagram. It's just like, I mean, even somebody trying to do good, and then tomorrow they're back to posting a picture of them on top of a palm tree or something. It just comes off as dumb. Like, all of it is just weird.
0: Yeah. Man, I hate it. I I don't know
1: what – I would love to see the psychology of of what that has done to probably younger people in general. I'd love to see what that has done to the mind of staring at that all day and seeing everyone, but you on vacation 24 seven.
0: Yeah. You know, I'm pretty thankful. My daughter doesn't really look at the internet for those reasons. Like she, you know what I mean? She doesn't look at it and and think all these people have, have it so much better than me, you know, like, And I'm thankful for that because that would be, those are, those are really tough conversations to have with kids. Mm -hmm. Yeah, But she
1: might be thinking that, I mean, she might subconsciously be thinking, I mean, you don't know, it's weird. Nobody really knows what this is going to do. You know?
4: Yeah. Yeah. It could be like, why am
1: I, why am I the only one eating mac and cheese for dinner and everybody else is always at five star restaurants. Like nobody, nobody thinks of that, but that might be like something over the course of time, every day, everybody's out to eat except for me. Mom, c- can we have lobster tonight? <laughs> yeah, exactly.
0: Every, I see everybody eating lobster tonight. You know what's, what's uh, crazy is um, my niece who lives with us uh, is awesome. She's such a sweet girl. And, and last summer, she was getting to go. She's like into that stuff, into like watching makeup tutorials and like stuff like that. And they, her family was going out to California for the first time. And uh, she was like, I was like, you know, what are the places that you want to see? Well, I want to go to uh, Phil's Coffee on Melrose, and I want to go to this other place. And I was like, Phil's Coffee? Why do you want to go there? And I was like, that place sucks. And she was like, well, this guy that I follow is always, like, hanging out there and stuff. And I'm like, whoa. Yeah.
4: yeah. The world
0: like a world that I didn't know anything about. I thought she, she wanted to go to a coffee place because and I was like I was gonna tell her what well, these are the cooler coffee places that right. are better. She has no interest in the yeah. cooler. She's yeah. like, I this guy at a place called Phil's with a Z, by the way. I yeah. saw this I saw this guy at Phil's Coffee. I want to fly across yeah. the country to see where this guy goes and gets his coffee.
4: Yeah.
2: Great but- vegan donuts (laughs) poppy did you just
1: influence us to go poppy i i was going while you guys were recording i love but see right there right there you're somebody in her life that was about to influence yeah too late you missed it you didn't even know it came you missed it that's okay
0: We've been out influenced.
1: Yeah. You've been influenced. you. There's things happening on the internet. You don't even know about you and you lose. No. Yeah. It's not my all game. Right.
0: The next segment is brought to you by Mark, the Ms. McMillan.
3: Well, I feel like we've been dropping all this knowledge on facts about Hawthorne Heights lately between the podcast and the homeschool. Uh, I feel like we need to unfact some things. So there's some misconceptions that I've noticed over the last 10 years of playing in the band of things that people think about Hawthorne Heights that aren't necessarily true. So we're going to start a section called Hawthorne Heights has never. So tonight on episode one of the podcast, I'm going to start it out with Hawthorne Heights never had a song called to write love on her arms. (laughs) I think, I think maybe, I don't know, 10 years ago is when I started seeing it on the yep. internet or 10 to, 10 to 12 years ago. And we we were getting tagged and all these like lyric videos. I think if you, if you put it in Google, it pulls up a bunch of like lyric sites and stuff and YouTube lyric videos for yeah. our song, our song to write love on our arms. That song was actually by a band called Between the Trees. It was never by Hawthorne Heights. Yeah, I don't know if that was a LimeWire situation where one person put her name in wrong and it just spread like crazy or something.
0: Yeah, and it's a song called The Way She Feels, I believe is the actual title, but people call it To Write Love on Her Arms. And this was happening, um, you know, like when To Write Love on Her Arms really uh, popped off. And Mm like we were...
2: The organization?
0: Yeah. 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 We were associated with it so that would have been around uh, 2007 yeah yeah something like that and then but like people would come up and like they would come up to me and they would be like how come you guys don't ever play that song man that's such a powerful song and i'd be like what which one are you talking about they'd be like that to write love on her arms song and i'd be like And it confused me because we (laughs) dealt with right love on our arms and did some stuff for the organization. So I just thought that they were talking about like a song of ours that they were assuming was about maybe depression and self-harm or something like that. And then somebody actually told me the name of the song and I was like, we don't have a song called that. They were like, yeah, you do. It's off, you know, this album. And I was like, nah, I know the songs that we've written. We do. We definitely do not have that song. So we did some research, found out it was by a band called Between the Trees who we'd heard of before. We listened to the song and the song sounds nothing like us, by the way. It sounds like, I don't know, like a summer dashboard confessional type anthem. Um, but yeah, it just comes to find out it was probably a LimeWire situation where
4: yeah. somebody
0: put Hawthorne Heights on a song called To Write Love on Her Arms, and the rest is history. We, that's not us, man. That is not us whatsoever.
1: Okay. Not as
3: often anymore, but we still every now and then get tagged on something online, like one of our yeah. social tags about that song.
1: I've got to do something right now. What you got? Okay, Bia, you're coming on. What's up? Can you hear me and can I hear you? I think I'm asking you to unmute. Maybe. Perfect. Yeah. Got it. Okay. So in the chat you said you did not know what Limewire was.
5: Never heard of it in my life.
1: I need you to tell me what you think it might be.
0: Hmm. Is this some kind of a like music listening site or something?
1: Okay. Sometimes. Like
0: Groove shark or
2: something.
1: I don't know what that is. <laughs> are we oh, playing okay. the are we playing the same game? <laughs> Groove shark.
0: Yeah, you uh, can like look up music and listen to it and stuff.
1: Okay. Oh, okay, yeah. Give me, give me more of what you think it might be. What do you... Mm. <laughs> I really wanted you to say it was like a grocery app or something. Grocery app? No. <laughs> I don't know. Can you, like, buy music off of there or something? <laughs> Actually, I'm glad you said that. Actually, the exact opposite of that. What? Everything's free on LimeWire.
0: You illegal, oh. we illegally download music from bands.
5: Is oh what my you gosh, do. that's awful! And
1: Very I mean, Napster-ish. music. Yeah, you could just you could just go on there, and it was called seeding. I could have music on my computer, and you could get on LimeWire and seed it off of my computer. And technically, we didn't make a transaction, but you have the music, and I had the music. What? And that was legal? Well, not oh. exactly. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna. <laughs> but, but when LimeWire's servers are in are in like a country you've never heard of, eh, who's really gonna? So that That's was, uh, there was like LimeWire, there was Napster, oh, yeah, there was all okay, these yeah, yeah, seeding websites. So
4: but I, I, yeah.
1: I wanted to see what you thought it was based Actually. on name alone. And I'm glad that, wow. uh, I'm glad that it happened. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm glad the chat didn't tell you what it was cause that was fun. Okay, thank you. Yes, oh, totally. <laughs> thank you.: <laughs> I love the answer. Is it somewhere you can buy music? <laughs> Actually, <laughs> definitely not.
0: It's the reason you can't buy music anymore.
1: Yeah, it's, yeah. The, it's uh, uh, basically like all those, um, they basically set the price of music to free, and now here we are.
3: <laughs> Turns out Lars was right. We should have been pissed all
2: along. <laughs> yeah. So you guys came up. My band, The Story Changes Band, was a little- Give me a dollar, small, give me a dollar. A little, a little small time back then, but I was downloading everything. And everything. How about you guys? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh no,
0: I've never used any of that stuff in my life, and that's mighty. That's one hundred percent accurate, uh, but only because I never really, at that time period, I never really had a computer or anything. So, like, you know, like I just didn't have any means. I just bought CDs.
1: I've got. I've got to pull Kevin in here. He's. We've got a story to hear, Kevin. Kevin had legal action brought on him. <laughs> By Jimmy, <laughs> <laughs> Kevin, Kevin, you yes. must explain yourself. What happened? Um,
5: so, me and my uh, wife were getting ready to go on a vacation and I Decided to download futures, <laughs> and so we did. And a month later, I got a legal letter in the mail saying, "We have evidence that you've downloaded this uh, this album." By here with we are not, we were not did not give you permission to download this. Please go to this website and give us your information so we can contact you about taking you to court. I'm like, uh no.
1: So what what happened?
5: Um I had my friend's dad who was a lawyer look at it and he said basically it was a scare tactic. Yeah. As long as I didn't go to that website, they couldn't actually tell who I was. But yeah, if I yeah. so much as typed in that address, I'd be getting soon taken to court. <laughs> <laughs>
1: i love that because there was there was that like scare for like a hot second where it was like oh my god you downloaded off of this they're suing people for millions of dollars i'm not still not sure it ever happened but maybe once well i think they, they wanted me to pay a penalty too and it was
5: like 50 bucks oh <laughs> like, well they wanted me to pay the, i was supposed to pay the, pay the penalty and then it would be legal action after that if i went to the website
1: gotcha So I was like,
5: "No, I'm not going to this." So
1: are you? So your nostalgia for Jimmy World Futures is way different than most.
5: (laughs) Oh no! I actually I loved that album before I downloaded it. Um, (laughs) I just now will never. I can't. I can't download anything now. Like I don't stream. Like go to any of those backdoor streaming sites. I'm like, nope,
1: nope. (laughs) But if you if somebody says Jimmy World Futures, do you think lawsuit? Uh, yeah, yeah. (laughs) That's awesome. It gets uh.
5: I, it'd be, it's a running joke between my friends to point out that Jimmy Rolled almost sued me <laughs> right
1: that is awesome I love that
5: <laughs> that yeah. is an example of nostalgia kicking you in the dick
1: <laughs> yes exactly it's, it's I love that. He, that he mentioned that in the chat and I was like Kevin's getting pulled in because we have to hear this because I in my by in the mind, way, I want him to be like yes I'm the one you heard about on the news that got sued for hundreds of thousands of dollars
0: by the way Lars got all that money oh yeah <laughs> all goes immediately to lars
1: i'm still putting the whole fact the whole reason that downloading music for free was an option is because music files are like four megabytes yeah. tiny yeah like nobody nobody was like ah, titanic four days i'm not downloading titanic the movie for four days I can download the song in 35 seconds and internet sucked. Like you could download it all in t- five seconds now, but back then you weren't, you weren't downloading gigs.
0: Um, well, I mean, that's, that's kind of all the skits that we had planned. That's just about everything we wanted to talk about the, uh, um, nostalgia and whether it's a, a good or a bad thing. And I think that the, the true, uh, The only true way to put it would be that it's, that it's both. It can absolutely cloud judgment to make you feel better or to falsely paint a bad memory to you as well.
1: Yeah. I think it's, it's more in, it's more in your, it's different for everybody. So it's like, it's tough to put an answer on it. You know, like the whole point of it is to not have an answer because it's different which is cool. I mean, everybody, every, when you're in a room at one of our shows with a thousand people, there's probably a thousand different reasons people are there, which is kind of awesome.
4: Yeah.
1: yeah. And, and the best part is yep. in 10 um, years when this podcast is still going on, you'll be very nostalgic about being at the first one. Oh, is it the first <laughs> episode? They had nothing figured out. See that? See that big tie in? <laughs> See that?
3: Branding. I like it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll do
1: we'll do a ten year anniversary of the first episode of nostalgia and see if everybody's nostalgic about the the anniversary podcast or the nostalgia episode. <laughs> okay. I'm already confused. Yeah. <laughs> hey, remember when JT's internet sucked?
2: <laughs> yep. <laughs>
1: That's what we're all gonna take away from this. It's gonna be recorded. It's gonna be on the internet and we're all gonna know.
2: What's great is if
1: I was at the if I was there
2: at the at the print shop, JT would have given me so much shit. You got to get out of. Here. You got to get something better. You got to you got to do this. You got to
1: run. You got ten seconds. There's a time bomb hooked
2: to your baby. Call Spectrum
1: up. Hey, hey at, at least when you
0: can when you see me on here, you can actually see me.
2: You know what sucks? The bummer is my light that we bought. Like we bought we all bought lights for like to light us up. It only lasts about 30 minutes it does it doesn't last at all
0: well you but you can keep it plugged into your little usb
2: i had it plugged in it wasn't working weird yeah it just it just it just kept dimming as we kept chatting
5: all sunshine
3: down here in the basement boys yeah
1: you look great man you look great well, look at, looking, looking, and sounding amazing. actually. Mark's
3: on behind the
4: music.
1: <laughs> yeah, he is. I got a feeling we got an Instagram influencer in the house. But looks, yeah, something. oh yeah. <laughs> tell me, tell me what kind of lights you got?
3: Let's talk about. Get on and talk about my lights, bro. Give <laughs> me,
1: uh, give me. I want you to do an explanation of this that orange thing next to you, and you're going to act like they gave it to you for free, and you've got to pretend you really love it. <laughs>
3: Oh, this eleven five thousand right here. Uh, <laughs> yeah. This came in. The, this came in the mail from Sweetwater, one of my big sponsors, and uh, yeah, it
1: came in the mail. It was a sweet mail day. <laughs> Tied in. All oh, I got. You <laughs> could be like, they gave it to me for free, but honestly, I mean, these things. This is amazing. Like, I would pay time forty times what it costs for it. I mean, play I I the
3: licks, time. get the shit for free. Boom. <laughs> <laughs>
1: There's yeah, a couple things I would change just to be objective. There's a couple things i change. I'm not sure about the orange, but use my affiliate code. Yeah.
0: You know, <laughs> Dr. Dr. Drain, Rick Rubin, sent, you know, we're all friends. They yeah. Yeah.
1: I always love those people with affiliate codes online and they always like the thing <laughs> they would change is like something aesthetic. Like they'd be like, "Ah, oh, if I had to do it my way, I probably would have made it uh, green so that I could see it in the dark, but everything internal is unbelievable. Like they always <laughs> like, they love every, but they've got to be, to maintain the image of objectivity, they have to pretend there's something they don't like about it. (laughs) It's great. It's great. That's the hollowness of the internet. It's great. I hate it. Yeah.
0: (laughs) I hate it. I hate the internet. I've got, I got to go on record by saying I hate it,
1: but it does If for stuff like this. It's great because we can have a community on here and bring people in and chat and do all this thing. Yeah. But this is like, this is like the internet being used for real stuff. The other yeah. stuff let, tra- me re-
0: <laughs> let me rephrase. I like what the internet is supposed to be. I hate what the internet has become.
1: It's up to the user how you want it to is. use it. And some
5: it most is. people it's use to- it
1: for trash. That is it. Yep. All right. Well, that's the nostalgia episode. <laughs> that's it.
0: We do need to talk about next week's
5: episode though. Oh, yeah. Really. Uh, not next week, but the next episode.
1: Yeah, how, how did, basically how this is going to work is we're going to do the live episode, and then probably Sunday, so that people can have it Monday. Um, that's not figured out yet. This might move. Don't get married to the schedule because we're not. Uh, but the idea is one week do a podcast, next week release it, and then next week do a podcast, next week release it. That kind of thing. Um, so that way, you guys, since you guys were here live, you get. have something nobody has for a week you actually get to hear all of it you're going to hear the editing um and be a part of it so we're just trying to do that so you guys can have a week to have it as yours um and then release it a weekly yeah
0: And, and you're gonna hear you're gonna hear either matt become like the martin the scorsese of podcast editing or you're gonna go I remember it being better than that. (laughs) (laughs) Those are the only two choices we have is you are, you are going to become a fucking podcast influencer or you are, you're going to fall flat on your ass, man.
1: No, what I'm going to do is I'm going to edit out everything except your roboting. (laughs) Good luck. (laughs) This is going to be, it's going to be like seven minutes of just like. (laughs) Good luck.
0: Um, yeah so this is going to be fun i promise you we will get better at it but we have a lot of skits planned and a lot of like segments and we want you guys to like understand kind of how it's gonna roll out and everything like that and that's the beauty of the video version of the podcast and uh thank you guys for having the courage to like be thrown into the podcast as well i know a lot of people are introverted people and that terrifies them and uh Don't feel like you ever have to take part. If you just want to sit back and listen, uh, that's totally cool as well. But thank you to those who got popped in. Uh, It's great to hear your perspective because we don't just want to be talking and not listening to other people as well. That's a very important part of uh, being a community. So every week we're going to be doing these things or every, every episode we're going to try and Uh,
4: get better at it and try and um, just have fun, you know, have a lot of fun. Yeah. Our our next episode is going to be about
0: D I Y the do it yourself mentality um, about what it means for our culture and how we grew up and how it created hard work and how it affects everything that we do 16 years later while being in a band. How we want creative control and how DIY allows us to do that and how it allows us to form this tightly knit fan community uh, that are constantly helping each other out. So the next episode of Hawthorne Heights uh, gets emotional. It's gonna be about DIY and what this music like DIY DIY basement hardcore means to us, what DIY punk rock means to us, and how all of these emo and screamo bands also started off in basements and stuff like that. Um, so it's gonna it's gonna be an absolute blast, and it's gonna be we'll we'll definitely discuss how it's been able to keep us here for 16 years. So be on the lookout for that. That'll be obviously after Matt edits this. Mm-hmm. Yep. So may, after I after
1: be- I after I do it myself, if you will. Yeah. <laughs> and you
0: know we might have an award winner Maybe. in here, or we might have a new editor. I I'll tell know.
1: you one thing: it's going to be the best and worst podcast I've ever edited. <laughs> I can guarantee you that. that that's is the worst, baby. Yeah, that's what I can guarantee you. When we when we used to have the old podcast, we'd hit record and it would just go up. This one, I'm going try to try to do something different. That way, you guys here get a show. Then, on a different one, you guys get the same show, but it's still different. And then those people get a show, but not this one. That way, I feel like it's a good way to have everybody get something different. And if you guys listen to it again, it won't be the same.
0: But if you ain't first, you're first.
1: If you ain't first, you're first. Mm. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Awesome. Uh- All right. Well, well, that's that.
0: Yeah. Thank you guys very much for tuning in to being, uh, and being our first fans at the first ever video podcast. Um, we'll get this going and it's going to be absolutely a blast. Thanks for being on the ride with us. Um, and let's all work together to be, to live in a better place. And let's make sure we include every single person in that conversation. Uh, that's the most important thing. So, Thank you guys very much. I can't wait for you guys to hear the song, the theme song. I can't wait for you guys to hear the real versions of the commercials. And uh, I can't wait to hear a very professional version of what we just rambled on about. (laughs) But one thing that we learned, fuck that giraffe.
1: So I'm going to read JT, Uh, JT, there he is. You are, you are Dr. Robotnik. Damn it.